Disney Roulette is a movie review podcast in which we discuss, in detail, the movies available on Disney's streaming service. In internet speak, that means, spoiler alert, you've been warned. Also, while Disney films are safe for the whole family to enjoy together, this show is not. Listener discretion is advised. All that said, let's do this shit. Welcome to Disney Plus Roulette, a magical movie review podcast. I'm your host, Kate, and with me is my husband, Bob. Say hi, hi to the folks, Bob. Hi, everybody. Uh, my hope is to have many different guests on the show, but it will probably be me and Bob for the most part because, well, we live together and that's easy. I'm her magical placeholder. A very, very important placeholder. Uh, how about we start off with some Disney Plus news? Of course, the big news right now is Hamilton. We've both already watched it multiple times. I'd been a fan of the music for a while, but neither of us had seen the show. We wanted to, but just didn't work out. And you were pretty much new to it, right? You'd only heard a couple of songs? Yeah, I've heard it here and there. I've heard um, things you've played in the car. and I, I, I really like to see musicals before I listen to the soundtrack and whatnot. Um, so it was a great experience to go through it. We turned up the sound bar and, and, and had a Hamilton day and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I feel like I'm in the room that it happened, that it happened in and now, so. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail about it right now because with it being a movie, it's something that we could be potentially covering really in depth in the future on the podcast. Uh, all I'm going to say at the moment is that it's an incredible show. I think it's great that it's so much more accessible now. Seeing Hamilton was something way out of reach for many people, ourselves included. We tried to go see it with a friend of ours, and it would have been over $600. I think it's a very important show, especially right now. I also and, like eating. Yeah. <laughs> and paying rent. That's helpful. Yeah. Uh, so I'm grateful that it's accessible to more people now. I've heard that they're they're looking to put Aladdin, the Broadway show, on there next. So hopefully that trend will continue, and and maybe the arts will become more accessible to the common man. Oh, I can only dream. I love Broadway shows, and it's just so hard to get to see any of them. Even in you know traveling companies are still pretty expensive. So yeah. this is the best. Do we have any uh, any Marvel news, Bob? You tend to stay on top of those those rumor thingies i i do i know you don't like spoilers but uh i don't i don't really mind because i already know a lot of the comics and things like that so i jump in and and kind of keep a pulse on on the marvel mcu news um what we've seen thus far in the last couple weeks due to you know covid19 and uh marvel doesn't look like their mcu does not look like they're going to really show up at comic-con this year and there's rumors that they're going to have their own sort of release party uh, show. Um, so we, we're hoping to see some new trailers from F- 
Falcon Winter Soldier soon, WandaVision, and Loki, hopefully within, you know, within the next couple weeks. I know that, you know, not that this is anything to do with that, but I know DC is doing their own. So this is not, like, unprecedented to do their own kind of showing. Uh, actually, they kind of did this uh, right before Infinity War, too. They took a year off from Comic-Con and did their own special. So th- those are down the pipe, and hopefully we'll have more news coming from a little Marvel Minute. Ooh, the Marvel Minute. I like that. New segment. It's yours. Done. Good job. I like creating my own segments. Yeah, I mean, you you got to plant a flag here, because there's going to be guest stars. So Then I'm not just a placeholder. That's right. No longer a placeholder. You've got your own segment. Nailed Kaboom. it. Kaboom. All right. It's movie review time. This week we watched Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin. It's an animated movie. It was released in 1997. I got some fun facts for you. It's narrated by the great David Warner. He's a personal favorite of mine. It was the last full-length film for Paul Winchell, who is the voice of Tigger. He and Jim Cummings do Tigger's singing portions because Winchell's voice was actually weaker in his old age, so Jim Cummings stepped in and did some of the singing for him. Really? Mm-hmm. I may want to go back and listen to that. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Pooh, as always, was voiced by the amazing Jim Cummings. An idol. An idol. That's right. So, uh, how, how, do you, how do you feel about this movie, Bob? Talk to me about this thing. <laughs> I mean, clearly it was a kid's movie. Yeah. And, and clearly, you know, we're taking the hit on this one for the adults to, you know, the, the, when, when you throw the, the ball in the roulette wheel, you're, you're going to get some random things. And, you know, this being the first one, as far as us being adults uh, really going into it, it's, you know, we're taking that bullet for you guys. Um, but I... I it, it was a fun kids movie. I mean, it 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 definitely brought back nostalgia. Um, let's see, ninety seven. I would have been in eighth grade um, or somewhere around there. Um, so you know, I wasn't in demographic at that point, but I had younger brothers, and they they definitely were, you know, ranging in ages. I guess it would would be the best way to put that. So you know, I I. Despite my childhood, I definitely went through other childhoods through my siblings and whatnot. And so, like, they, you know, all went through the Barney phase and all went through the Pooh Bear phase and and all those other things. So, you know, seeing this, it definitely brought back some memories. The only thing that kind of stuck out to me that kind of changed, and I noticed uh, a little bit about it, was... Piglet's stutter has gone away more so than not. It's there when he's really afraid and where he's where he's very vulnerable. But uh, I noticed that uh, it's not a normal discussion thing, and I wonder if that's a, a choice or if the it just wasn't written that way or what. Um, just one of those things that kind of stood out to me. That's a good observation. I actually didn't catch that while we were watching that, but you're right. He uh, didn't stutter that much. I think I agree. It's very much a kids movie. It was cute. It like it was fine. It was a fine little kids movie. I did appreciate that there were some nods to the classics that we grew up with that were made in the 60s and 70s. For instance, the artwork, it, the backgrounds are all still watercolor, and if they yeah. were painted in a computer, they certainly didn't look like it. They hit it well. Yeah. yeah. I appreciated that. I thought the animation was pretty beautiful for I don't even know if this got a theatrical release, but if it did, I'm sure it was a small one. 
I know there was one that got released. I don't know if it was this one or another one. That may have been the Heffalump movie. I don't know. Yeah, but I'd... anyway, I was really impressed with the animation, whether it was theatrical release or not. I did notice a nod to the older movies at one point. Pooh gets himself into a honey jar, and they did the old school where you see the lines of the jar and then he's in it, which is a definite reference to the first Winnie the Pooh where he gets stuck in the honey tree yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. at the end of it, and they do that cutout. And it's and it's almost exactly done the same way. And it was it, it definitely that definitely exuded the, uh, the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I found the most jarring compared to the old ones is that most of it didn't take place in the Hundred Acre Wood. I mean, it did, but in their imaginations, it didn't. They were right. in like this almost Mordor-esque, dark, scary, mountainous area on this quest to search for Christopher Robin. And it it didn't bother me, but it just felt jarring to me because the Hundred Acre Wood is almost like its own character in the Pooh universe. Like, it's just such an integral part of the story yeah. that it kind of felt a little weird to be in these strange caves with crystals and things like that. It I didn't dislike it, but I was like, oh, this is yeah. not the poo I grew up with. It, it definitely gave, definitely the sense of adventure that we're outside of our our normal settings. Um, but it also gave them, as you said, the options with the crystal room. I, I, it, I Once again, I felt like we were throwing back, when we were seeing Pooh go through those crystals, it definitely brought up the the pink heffalump scene of the original where, where he's all... Actually... They're, they're, yeah, the Hemphalumps and Woozle song where he was all kind of tipsy, but it was from bu- Bubbles, I think, back in the day or something like that. And it, which is also very reminiscent of the whole Dumbo scene. But yeah, no, it, it definitely was like a throwback because you saw Pooh and he was like going big and small and, and fluctuating kind of like a mirror house. And that definitely brought back that nostalgia again. Let's talk about Owl. <laughs> What a jerk! Owl in this movie was I, so extra, and I, as I was watching it, I was like, "What's happening here?" He so Pooh can't find Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin tried to tell Pooh that he had to go off to school for the day, and he of course left this on a note on a honey pot, which Pooh immediately dug into the honey pot, spilled honey all over the note, and now he doesn't know where Christopher Robin is. So he goes to Owl for help. And Owl deciphers that he's off at the evil, scary school. So Nope, nope, nope. The skull. Skull. Skull, skull, skull. Yes, they can't spell the word school. They think it's a skull. You're right. So they go on this quest for Christopher Robin, but Owl has this whole huge song, like, show-stopping number about chasing an adventure. And basically kicks all of them out the door and is like, okay, you guys have fun. I'll be here where it's safe in the Hundred Acre Wood. And and I thought that was interesting because Owl, at least if what I remember, he was. He was a loner. He wanted to, you know, sit with his books and study and do different things. And I felt, felt it odd that they didn't kind of lean into that more rather than, yeah, go on this adventure. Goodbye. Like, it didn't feel like the old Owl as well as he also didn't do a lot of the who do you think... It, like, he didn't lean into the Owl character, I felt, a lot. Whereas everybody else kind of felt the same. Owl felt a little bit different to me, personally. 
And he did. He kind of had that Gandalf moment of, okay, here's the adventure. Uh, peace. Bye. Yeah. Um, I actually yeah. wrote down the quote because I think we generally try not to talk about the movie, even if we're watching it together, because we try to save it for the podcast. But yeah. I think I turned to you at the end of the song. It was like, what is happening right now? He literally says to them as they go off on their adventure, I salute you. And for those who don't return, I salute you twice. What? <laughs> this is a kid's movie. What on earth? For, for those of you who don't return, wow. I mean, I get I get preparing kids for for, you know, life and life experiences and whatnot, but maybe not Winnie the Pooh is the time to be like, hey, by the way, you could die. Yeah, also, let's let's talk about death. I it didn't Well, hit it's me. this thing that happens at the end of the life, you know uh, uh, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it didn't hit me until right around the end of the movie, there is this scene where Pooh thinks that he's trapped in this cave and he's sitting there clutching his honey pot and he's trying to remember all these things that Christopher Robin taught him earlier on in the movie. Yeah, which is kind of the theme of throughout the whole movie. Right. And it's stuff like Piglet's braver than he thinks he is and Tigger is stronger than he thinks he is. And Pooh's thing was... Oh, Rabbit's smarter than he thought he was. Rabbit is smarter than he thought he was, right. Yep. And Pooh's thing was, I'll always be with you. I being Christopher Robin. And it kind of dawned on me while I'm sitting here watching Pooh clutching this pot, it kind of gave off vibes of him standing there holding an urn. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah. is this movie trying to teach kind of start introducing kids to the concept of death. Like maybe one day you'll wake up and someone is gone, but then they went into this whole thing about how Christopher Robin was in his heart and always with him, even when he wasn't right there. And it kind of hit me a little hard. Like it gave me a little bit of the feels because it just never occurred to me. It just seems like such a genius way to start introducing that concept to little kids without being like, okay, here's what death is. Right. But kind of introducing them to the potential of... Someone might not be in your life all the time. Right. Like one day somebody might not be there, but you know what? You're going to be strong enough on your own. You'll be brave enough on your own and you're going to be okay. I loved that theme. I really did. My only issue was when when they started divvying it out those people weren't there to hear christopher robin say those words so i kind of wanted i wished the group was with christopher robin when he had said that just to poo because i felt it weird as a choice to then piglet be like oh by the way i'm braver than i thought i was despite the fact that i've never heard these words before yeah, that's true. Like, it had a lot of impact for Pooh, but not so much for everybody else. Pooh was having the grand revelation for everybody else. Right. When they weren't even there. But anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was a neat a neat little lesson. Because, you know, stuff for these really little kids tends to integrate those sort of heavier themes to kind of start introducing them to those darker parts of life. And, and kids pick up on it, whether whether it. you think it or not. I mean, kids kids will, you know, reference things and go, oh, that's just like when I was watching Pooh. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I legitimately still remember the first time I saw a cartoon that introduced the concept of self-sacrifice to me. It was the Mighty Ducks cartoon. And I think oh, wow. it was in the pilot. Oh, that, what, a, what a deep, 
deep cut. Yeah, but like that's how much it affected me. I was Clearly. little, and I, I think it was the pilot episode, and the leader of the group sacrificed himself to save everybody else. And I remember my mind being blown that that is something that could happen in the world. And I have vivid memories of going to my dad and recounting that story and being like, Dad, this concept is crazy! Except I probably didn't use the word concept because I didn't even know that word at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, those things definitely stick with you. You can learn a lot from this kind of media for sure. Any other thoughts about the movie, Bob? Nothing. Again, nothing as deep as that. I actually didn't even pull that. And now that you're saying that, I really, I, I kind of want to go back and and watch it. I, I'm 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 taken aback as as even someone who was looking for it, I didn't see it. So now I, I kind of want to go back and and reapply that. And I never thought I would. Once we we rolled this this movie, I was like, okay, this is gonna be a a one shot, and I'm gonna be no, I I, I I'm, I'm surprised. I w- I want to go back and watch that and reapply that. Yeah, this movie is definitely a little kids movie. Like we said, it's moving at a little kids pace. There's not a whole lot going on, but I think. What it did, it did really well. It had some really good themes in there. We already mentioned how beautifully it was animated. I don't know if you noticed also, but I thought the score was incredible. Like the songs were okay, but just the background score was beautiful. Yeah, it definitely set the scenes. It definitely, um, it didn't feel out of place. It wasn't like da 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 da. I'm gonna sing a song. Like yeah. it, 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 it definitely flowed from one moment to another. Honestly, most of the time when I don't recognize it, it's a better, better suit to me. So the fact that I didn't notice that we were we were queuing up a song, you know, really is helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt very kind of Broadway in that way. They would just be talking, and then the next sentence would be the first line of a song, which I always appreciate. Yep. So do you have any other final thoughts? Or are you good? I mean, the only other shout out I have is I never realized that Peter Cullum, the voice of Optimus Prime, was Eeyore. You know, you you'd look at different characters that that guy's that guy has done. Got literally, you know, the strongest Autobot of them all. One shall stand and one shall fall. And then you have, you know. Eeyore, thanks for noticing me. And it's it, it's just you know the talent within. This small little Disney movie is, you know, Peter Cullum and Jim Cummings and the hardcores of the voiceover world. You know, it's it's something to be said. The only other thing that really stuck out to me is Pooh spent a good f- probably three to five minutes singing about how much he loved the season of Autumn. <laughs> and I was like, I got you, buddy. I feel the same <laughs> way. <laughs> I am currently roasting outside in 90 plus degree weather at my job and I cannot wait for fall. I was I was waiting for him to break out in the Han Solo outfit like most of your basic people will do for the uh, you know, pumpkin spice season. So I was just waiting for that. This is an adult podcast. Just say it. Basic bitches, Bob. Them basic, basic bitches. bitches. I did, you know, that maybe that's what it is. Pooh is a basic bitch and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Who is a basic bitch who loves his honey lattes? Let's just say it. (laughs) By the way, uh, we also um, were having our... Oh, that's right. 
cocktail during this uh, movie. We're we're doing a cocktail for every everything that we watch and try and come up with a new new taste. And Kate came up with a uh, very interesting concoction that she called the Angry Cubby. Yes, the angry the angry tubby cubby. The angry tubby cubby consisted of Mike's hot honey, warmed up, and then which is also good on pizza, by the way. Yes, amazing on pizza. They don't sponsor this, but if they want to, they can. Yeah, sponsor us, Mike's. We love you. So Mike's hot honey, honey Jack whiskey. Let's see, Dr Pepper, and a little bit of lemon. And we'll actually have the recipe for that on the website brasshousemedia.com under the info for this episode you'll be able to find that recipe if you want to make your little concoction as well i love the idea it's actually bob's idea to have a themed cocktail for every movie that we watch i love to drink so i support that wholeheartedly i don't know if we'll be able to do it every single episode because we have a limited liquor stock and drinkers expensively but We'll, we'll try to make what we can happen if we got some good theming opportunities. We will make it happen. <laughs> it's our sacrifice to our audience. Oh, okay, okay. So, Bob, on a scale of one to five honeypots, what would you give Pooh's Grand Adventure? I'm going to go middle of the road on this one. Uh, I believe that it was a real solid musical, uh, but the, you know, the kid thing kind of distracts a little bit for my pleasure. So, you know, it didn't rock my socks off. I wasn't running for the honeypot. So uh, I'm going to give it three out of five honeypots. That's actually what I was going to give. I think if I were going purely on my own enjoyment of it, I would probably do 2.5. But recognizing the true audience for it and the themes and the quality with which it was made, I support three out of five honeypots as well. All right, Bob. It's time to choose next week's film. But before we roll, I was wondering if there were any movies that you're super looking forward to or super dreading. Ooh. Um, and really quick, if you guys think it's silly for me to ask him what he's dreading, I'm just going to go ahead and remind you that Snowbody's Herbie Fully Loaded and Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3 are all films available on Disney+. Plus? Oh, yeah, the buddy. I think the buddies are going to be my silver bullet on these ones. Um, <laughs> I just... Ugh. Is Snow Dogs Disney? Snow Buddies, yep. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that, that that's... the once. I, I think it's the animal genre of we're going to have animals talking that are not like Michael J. Fox. Get that reference? Um homeward bound anybody yeah yep. got, you, got um, you so uh yeah no i mean i the 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 animals talking to humans ones are the ones where it makes me go oh, okay so yeah those are my silver bullets as far as you know what i'm looking forward to i'm always looking forward to mcu and star wars and you know things that are a little more my speed but uh i i'm definitely open to as we just shown you know we're we're, we're open to anything and we're, we're here to take that bullet for you and take that risk at the roulette wheel. That's right. For me, I can't wait to talk about The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm sure you're shocked by this news. It's my favorite Disney movie of all time. I've actually outlined an entire video essay about it for fun and just never had the chance to put the thing together. Uh, I also think MCU films are going to be really fun. I love talking about them anyway. So, At nausea. Yeah. As far as films I'm dreading, 
This is so cliche, but legitimately any movie where the dog dies. I, Ooh, spoiler you- alert, guys. Ape Below wrecked me in a bad, bad way. Okay. Uh, um, it's I've seen it once. I never, ever want to see it again, and I'm, I'm very sad. I'm pretty sure Old Yeller is a Disney movie, too. Yeah, it is. That's the other one. <laughs> Those are the two big ones. I don't think Marley and Me is on here. Thank God. But I, I don't know what it is about dog movies, but they just destroy no, it's, me. It's the kill the dog. I mean, that's I'm pretty sure that's a movie litmus test. How did they treat the dog, kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I I love John Wick, but Oof. you guys, Bob can tell you, I sobbed hysterically for a solid twenty minutes. Yeah, because not only did the dog die, but it was a beagle, and and it had ties to his wife and every like everything else that led into that. I mean, we'll get into that if we ever get to John Wick for any other review reasons, but yeah. So eight, the thought of having to sit through Eight Below or Old Yeller legitimately really stresses me out so i'm kind of hoping that those ones never come up but i mean if this podcast goes forever the time will come i guess (laughs) it's the spin of the wheel yep we live and die by the wheel speaking of our selection process let's go over that really quickly so that people know what we're talking about cool since i can't build a giant roulette wheel big enough to have all 600 plus movies that are on disney plus on it i've entered every movie into a spreadsheet and given them numerical values and then it's up to our trusty D&D dice. I or my guest rolls the dice, which can provide values into the hundreds, and the dice determine our fates. So, Bob, would you like the honor of rolling for next week's film? Sure, I'd love that. All right, Bob. I guess it, it isn't spin that wheel, huh? How about you spin those dice? All righty, here we go. Number 459. All right, 459. That is Return to Neverland. Ooh. Going with a sequel. Going with a sequel. Interesting. I've actually never seen Return to Neverland. Have you seen it? I have not. Um, this that was, that was during the era when it was like Little Mermaid 400 and... Right? I, I think, think so. I'm pretty yeah. sure it came out while I was working at the Disney store, which would have been about 12, 13 years ago. Okay. Yeah, so we're talking I was a freshman in college at that point. Uh, yeah, it'll probably come up a couple times. Bob and I are a little bit different in age. He's about six years older than me, so sometimes our cultural references will vary slightly differently. It's all for your benefit. Oh, you're, you're educating me? Well, no, no, not you, the audience. Ah. It's, it's, so we have two different perspectives. I see, I see. I thought you were going to educate me with your sage now, old now, man now you're just making me sound like a chauvinist pig. I mean, you did make me a sandwich today. <laughs> I did make you a sandwich. All right, well, we hope you guys will join us in two weeks for our next film adventure. In the meantime, like us on Facebook at Disney Plus Roulette Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Disney Roulette Pod. And our website can be found at browsehousemedia.com, B-R-O-U-S-E, along with our other projects we've got going on. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. And in the words of Pooh Bear, today is a good day for being Pooh.